This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Hello, everyone. It is once again the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt bringing to you yet another episode of Radio Techers. And on this episode, myself and my good friend Mags bring to you results from the Premier League this weekend, including Manchester United and Chelsea drawing nil-nil. We also discuss Leeds defeating Aston Villa 3-0, and other Premier League results seemingly falling Liverpool's way, which is pretty nice for me, I would imagine. Uh, also discussed in this episode, uh, Real Madrid versus Barcelona in El Clasico. Uh, you can find that in La Liga, of course. Uh, as well as Ajax scoring 13, yes, 13 goals, uh, which is outstanding, truly outstanding. Uh, we thank you, whoever you are, wherever you are, for tuning into this episode. And uh, we wanted to ask that you like, share, and subscribe if you're watching uh, the episode on YouTube. Make sure to hit that thumbs up. And uh, follow and subscribe to Shooting the Sports-ish, which is really, really quite cool. Um, so make sure to do that, of course. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Techers, R-A-D-I-O-T-E-K-K-E-R-S. Thank you again to whoever you are, wherever you are, and enjoy the show. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to yet another episode of Radio Techers. I'm, of course, the Texas gentleman, Tanner Pruitt, and as always with me here, my good friend and co-host, the hardest working man in all of podcasting, Mags. Mags, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. After last night's UFC, where we saw the retirement of uh, arguably the greatest fighter ever to lace up the gloves to... uh, 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 old Hell in a Cell show tonight that I'm actually quite excited for. Uh, yeah, it's been a, a good day so far. Well, good, good. I'm I'm happy to hear that. I might try and catch some Hell in a Cell. And, and yes, I heard that the UFC show was particularly awesome. Um, yeah, it was great. Honestly, it was so, so good. Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to... Let me see if I can scrounge up the extra cash to, to buy the replay. Or, or, well, there are sources. <laughs> it is the internet, of course, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, what a crazy week in football that we had, though, Mags. Lots of stuff going on, lots of madness. 
Um, but Mags, let me ask you a quick question before we get the show on the road. Um, what did you have for breakfast today? Oh, you are an absolute arsehole. <laughs> I had, actually, I had a sausage, egg, and mushroom sandwich. That actually sounds really quite tasty. Uh, it was really good. <laughs> pork, very, pork and apple sausages as well. Very filling, I'm sure, yeah. Ooh, pork and apple yeah. sausages. Ooh, that sounds that sounds good. That sounds good. Um, what are you having, Tanner, then, are <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, well, you see, um, we have this donut shop here in my little hometown called Round Rock Donuts, world famous Round Rock Donuts. Of course, um, I get them all the time, especially for the missus because she she enjoys the donut holes. Uh, but I have I have a sausage and cheese kolache right here, ladies and gentlemen. Mm, sausage and cheese kolache. It's very good. It's a large kolache, so it's a large sausage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I also temperate weather. <laughs> I also have a, 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 a chocolate Bismarck. Mm, tasty, tasty stuff. And uh, let's see here. What else do I have in this bag? Um, an apple fritter. Mm. Oh, good stuff. That looks that looks surprising. Like the chocolate Bismarck. <laughs> it's not. It, it is definitely two different things. I, I can promise you. Um, but yes, no world famous Round Rock Donuts. Uh, they they are not a sponsor of ours, by the way. They they do not sponsor. Although they could be if they wanted. Wink, wink. <laughs> yep, exactly. They they are world famous. And by world famous, I mean that people from California come and take my beautiful donuts. Um, so one day I'll I'll see Joe Rogan in the line. And I'll be like, listen, you gotta do an episode of Five Rounds with my friend Mags. And uh, and how long was the line today, Tanner? It was four blocks long. That's ridiculous. I would have definitely gone home and said, Mrs. Tanner, you are having toast and uh, I'll make you a cup of tea. (laughs) And I'm sure she would like it all the same, Max. Uh, (laughs) She's uh, never had my toast. Oh, oh, mm. (laughs) sounds spicy, Max. It sounds spicy. (laughs) What is the first five minutes of this episode? Uh, (laughs) All football. Uh, so let, let's do a little bit of a roundup here in the Premier League because that's why you watch the show. As my dog enters the room, I promise that's not a ghost behind me. Um, <laughs> uh, let's take a look at the uh, just a little bit of a Premier League roundup. The table here shows Everton and Liverpool tied on 13 points. Aston Villa right behind and with 12 points. And uh, Leeds in the fourth spot. Uh, with 10 mm-hmm. points, vying along with Southampton, Crystal Palace, uh, and and Wolves. Uh, Mags, um, is this the top four that you expected so far? <laughs> Absolutely not. And then if you go further down the table, you've got Arsenal in 10th, Tottenham 11th, City 13th, uh, United 15th. Yep. That's mental. Manchester just... United relegation candidates. <laughs> well, yeah, they... They they they've literally well they've got seven points on or no, six points on Burnley so we're right. still kind of still in then doldrums but yeah it's, <laughs> it's you definitely would not have, uh, have expected Leeds uh, coming straight up and and being uh, Champions League contenders uh, but it's been an interesting season so far. Mm. I, I guess what what results have surprised you the most this this weekend, Mags? Because there there was I mean the, the weekend really started early on Friday with with Leeds. Uh, surprisingly, uh, 
just ripping apart Aston Villa. People have been really high on Aston Villa. I myself have uh, sung their praises. I know you have as well. And then um, I think both of us are, are neutral fans of, of Leeds. Uh, and, and Leeds just took Aston Villa to town. They, they proved that football is just a little bit different in the north, it seems. Yeah, and I think that is the result that that, uh, that stands out. The fact that Villa have, have have been so good this season. I mean, Leeds have been really good as well, but they've had uh, periods where they have been opened up. Uh, Villa have been pretty much dominant, and uh, this game was definitely uh, a game of two halves. I think Villa had the such a good game in the first half. We were unlucky to not score, but Patrick Bamford, what a performance he put on for that for that second half. Scored two goals that could contend for top bins and just mm. yeah just um leads just just took uh Aston Villa and put them to the sword and it's yeah this season it's just you can't predict it you really just can't predict anything that's going on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's it was quite a, an, an awesome game and we had a lot of rivalry games this weekend as well obviously El Clasico uh went down mm-hmm. we'll talk more about that um, later in the show, uh, we've also got Manchester United and Chelsea to talk about. Um, but the results really this weekend, as far as the Premier League goes, seems to have all fallen Liverpool's way. Um, they they needed Aston Villa to lose. Um, they needed Everton to lose. And uh, as of this morning, Everton has lost their first game of the season uh, 2-0 uh, to Southampton. Um mm-hmm. I personally didn't rate Southampton very highly, but they did the job today, man. Yeah, uh, and it, it kind of like plays into the theory that you had about Everton having a good start, but then quickly dropping into that uh, that mid-table kind of uh, form, uh, and they're, they're proving it right. And for for a team like Liverpool, who had such a torrid week last week with with injuries. I don't think the results could have been any better for them. I mean, historically, United, Chelsea and, and Man City have always been the, the teams that Liverpool uh, are, are usually battling against. And they all picked up draws. And the two teams that uh, are up there uh, challenging you for, for top spot, they both got both got their asses handed to them. So it, it's, it's fell beautifully for Liverpool and, and mm. Liverpool were the only team really in, in that group that come out with a victory and a hard-earned victory but still uh, a victory all the same and we've said on, on the show many times that the marking of a, a championship a championship winning team is when you don't play particularly well but still are able to grind out three points and Liverpool certainly did that against Sheffield United. Well, they did that against Sheffield United, and they did that also midweek against uh, Ajax, and we, we'll also mm-hmm. talk about Ajax here in wow. just a moment. I, I, you, you, you angered Ajax with that victory, and uh, <laughs> and uh, Venlo took took the grief for your for you, for you going over and beating Ajax on their own ground. <laughs> it, it, um, I will say, um, I'm happy for them that they that they lost that game because they they proved a point yesterday, and we'll we'll talk mm-hmm. more about that uh, here in just a moment. Um, Mags, the big game that's hyped up, and you'll see it actually in the thumbnail of this week's episode, uh, was uh, Manchester United versus Chelsea. Uh, this is a rivalry um, that that goes back a couple decades now, ever since the influx of cash from Roman Abramovich. The rivalry has just intensified years over years um, because of Abramovich's investing for Chelsea, because Manchester United has historically been one of the biggest clubs in, in England just in general. Uh, they faced each other in the 2009 Champions League finals. Was it 2009? 
2008? Yeah, Something like that. Um, they've, they've faced each other in the Champions League finals, period, right? Um, but but this match, this match is weird. I, I, I don't know what to say, really, about this 0-0 draw between Chelsea and Manchester United. Only the second one of the season as well. Only That's the second madness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beyond, uh, beyond Burnley. Uh, but... To be honest, I thought the match was was really quite entertaining. There was a uh, some really good chances. Uh, it was a, a great display by Mende. Uh, aside from the, the 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 time when he tried to put it in his own goal, thought he'd give a give Man United a, a bit of a helping hand. But uh, yeah, yeah, he put on a great performance. He a save he did from Mata when uh, Mata curled it through a, a crowd of players. Uh, saw it late. Just a beautiful save. Um, the saves he did from Rashford uh, were were top notch. Uh, yeah, it was it was a defensively a very sound game, and it's it's interesting that on the BBC Sport website that the the top five Chelsea ratings were all defensive. In fact, the top six were all all defensively rated players. So uh, it just goes to show how how well Chelsea did defensively, and they've struggled to be fair defensively. Uh, we, we've uh, seen how well they've done going forward, but always kind of throwing the game away. And today they couldn't, they didn't do that well going forward, but they did well enough to to keep uh, Man United from scoring. Um, yeah, it was a, a, a great result for Liverpool, <laughs> and they were even in the team. So, what's interesting about Chelsea for me is that Frank Lampard seems to. He's taken cues from the, the three most um, uh, logical predecessors of his: Mourinho, Conte, and and Sorry. Yeah. That that's kind of where he's taken his, gotten his tactical bread and butter from. And and I mean, honestly, you could do a lot worse, right? Um, th- so he's experimented with lineups that 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 all three have been known for. Obviously, he's tinkered around with Sari's four three three system, um, uh, particularly last season. Uh, this season, we saw a lot more of the Mourinho esque four two three one with the two. Uh, pivots with the kind of the workman uh, kind of position there, um, and, and here we saw Frank revert to almost a four uh, a three four three uh, Conti esque uh, system, a little bit wider, a little bit more expansive, um, just to try and nullify United. But I, I felt as though I felt as though if they wanted to win the game, they would have maybe gone with a more attacking based. Uh, mm-hmm. for, formation and maybe a more attacking based kind of theory. Um, m- maybe that's a bit harsh to say that maybe Chelsea wasn't looking for a win here. I don't. I. I don't no, know. I think. I. I think you're right on the money. I think with the 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 lineup that they put out, the way that they they played, it was a very defensive orientated game from from Chelsea. I think uh, Man United have done really well in the last couple of games. They've they've uh, they've really found that that scoring form, and uh, I, I think that that was a big worry from for from uh, Lampard's team. I don't think they wanted to. Come away from Old Trafford with nothing uh, and it's better to, to come away with a point and a ball draw than, than it is to, to to try for a win and then get beat on the counter because Man United are, are, are excellent at countering. The, the pace that they've got uh, is, is, is just a sight to behold and Chelsea Chelsea did what uh, a typical Mourinho Chelsea team did, uh, and that's parked the bus and, and allowed Man United to to basically um, 
been limited towards the chances. Mm. Um, so it, it was good to see uh, Cavani make his debut. I think he came on. He was very bright when he came on. I think he nearly scored with his first touch off the corner. Uh, but I, I think it was just it was it seemed destined that this game would let us down after we hacked it up to be uh, the game to watch this week. <laughs> um, so and and. Don't get me wrong. I I I found this game to be very entertaining, just as you did. A zero zero draw is, is often like what? Like you found that entertaining? But this this one was actually quite good. I, I did enjoy it quite a bit. Um, whereas Chelsea's formation puzzled me, it was United's uh, choices of personnel that 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 baffled me a little bit personally. Here, um, I don't have anything wrong against the players per se, but you had James. Uh, who is coming off of the wing there. Uh, Rashford up front. I'm surprised that we did not see uh, Martial at all. He was not mm-hmm. listed on the bench. He was not listed anywhere. I would have expected... I, I, maybe, sh- I assume he's banned from being sent off. Oh, well, yes. Well, there you go. <laughs> I was like... Oh. I, I, I think the biggest shock for me was uh, they didn't start uh, Twanzebe after he had such a great performance against uh, Paris Saint-Germain. And that was the big one for me too. Is that he's um, he's missing it after a huge star making performance against that mm-hmm. PSG side, and you put in Lindelof, who uh, he and Maguire have just seemingly had problems every time that they link up as a partnership, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you have Shaw and, and Juan Bissaka on the wings there. So I mean, I just don't know what the thought was as, as to what, why you wouldn't start Tuan Zebe. Yeah, um, maybe it was a a case of keeping him keeping him fresh and, and keeping his feet on the ground because, like I said, that was a, a massive star making performance and uh, he would have been he would have been floating on air. So maybe it was a case of yeah, uh, keep him keep him grounded. Uh, to be fair, they could have could have done with him in place of Maguire when uh, Maguire almost brought down. Uh, uh, Aspilicueta, well, didn't almost. He actually did. He wrestled Aspilicueta to the ground and got away with a, a, a not giving a penalty, which is just another kind of stain on on VAR. But yeah, it was a. I think we've probably talked more about the highlights of the game than they actually was highlights. To be fair, mm. no, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I'm in agreement there. Um, yeah, just um, very um, unusual approaches from from both managers here for this game and i'm and i'm and i'm almost wondering like if they if if ole and 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 frank just called each other on the phone and agreed hey, let's just we exper- both need a point yeah let's just experiment a little bit here like let's let's yeah. let's try something a little bit different we both I, need I, a break <laughs> I think if we, we're looking at it in terms of what's happened so far this season, yeah, it, it does stand out like a sore thumb. But in terms of what happens over multiple seasons, I think this is this is usually a result that we get between these two teams. They, they tend to cancel each other out a lot. They, they, they're usually within the, the, the two or three biggest spenders of the league every season, and they, the, the best dues tend to kind of like balance out. So historically, it probably makes sense that this result happened. But in terms of this season, yeah, it was quite jarring to see two of the most attacking teams not be able to score. Mm. Um. So I, yeah, I, th- I think we covered it. Nil nil draw. Manchester United. Chelsea. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> um, you brought up VAR, so let's talk more about VAR. 
Liverpool 2, Sheffield United 1. Yeah. Uh, the big talking point from this game is not the brilliant goal that uh, Diogo Jota scored. It's not even the brilliant goal that Firmino scored. It's the penalty that was given away um, by Fabinho that wasn't a penalty. At least it, it, it was certainly a foul. It, it was, was uh, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, bias aside, it was certainly a foul. Uh, <laughs> I, I I agree with you. Though. I don't believe it was a penalty. I think uh, it, uh, even on the 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 slow motion replay, it's clear that Fabinho makes contact well outside of the box. Uh, but the penalty was given, uh, well mm. taken by uh, Berger, and then he was uh, mm. looking for a second one not, not long after that. Uh, yeah. When, when he, uh, um, but even then, VAR came uh, up against Liverpool when they ruled out uh, Salah's goal, which it didn't look offside to me. Again, mm-hmm. I think we need some common sense with with this VAR because Liverpool should have should have. Clean this match up uh, nice and easily, but yeah, VAR just rearing its ugly, stupid head again. <laughs> um, for, from my perspective, and, and I may be biased, right? Um, I mean, we did get it. <laughs> we, we... Um, understatement of the year. I may be biased. I, I, Prue, it's I, I, I may be biased. I, I don't know. Um, but um, so Fabinho, when he goes for the ball, it, it, for me, he makes contact with the ball first, well before he he even touches the Sheffield United player. Um, and from from what from my perspective there, if he's making contact with the ball first, is it is it really a foul? I mean, I, I get I get where you're coming from, but he seemingly won the ball. Doesn't does that not take priority? For you, it will. <laughs> nah, I, I think it was a. I think he should have been sent off. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> No, well, well, I, 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 I don't think it was a foul. I don't think it was a penalty. Though. I think it should have been a free kick on the edge of the box. I, I, I would be satisfied with a free kick. I would be satisfied with that being the answer. But yeah, no, uh, uh, VAR, I, and and I want to speak unbiased as possible, dear listener and dear dear viewer. Um, I think we can all come together as a footballing community, football fan bases all around the world, and say that. Uh, VAR in the Premier League is not being implemented correctly. I, I feel as though the changes that they made from this season to last season uh, have actually worsened the games because now we're questioning every single decision being made, whether it's yeah. a goal, whether it's not a goal. This is taking away the entertainment from everything. We don't want this to be like like the NFL. That, that that's 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 why we're not watching uh, that. That's why we're doing this show. Yeah, I, I think the thing that that. Annoys me more about it. I mean, I I, I think it's added uh, a, a a nice facet to the game, a, a mm. lot of interest. But it's the consistency. I mean, look at look at Man United and Chelsea. That VAR should have given a penalty for for uh, Aspilicueta being uh, wrestled to the floor by uh, yeah. by Maguire. But then VAR has given a penalty for for a, uh, a free kick at the most, a free kick on the edge of the box. It's the just the balance of consistency is not there. The fact it takes away any kind of common sense decision making from the referee away. For me, VAR has, has took over the role of being a referee uh, when it should have been uh, a, a, some help to the referee in making uh, making more intelligent decisions, and it just it's just not working in that way. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's it's either that or the referee 
basically that that VAR judges decisions based on what the referee's decision is, whereas VAR should be a neutral party in this and in, in deciding what's right and what's wrong. Whereas the referee could make a, a poor decision and a VAR decision uh, that that I guess uh, follows up on that could make a bad decision much worse. And I think that that's what yeah. we saw. That's what we saw with the Fabinho foul. It was, uh, you know, uh, the referee Mike Dean called it a foul, and then VAR reviewed it and then called it a penalty. Right? It, mm-hmm. It's. I mean, it, it, that does not make sense in my book. And and the same thing happened in the Fulham and, and Palace game yep. uh, with uh, Kamara. It was a the it was a foul. I absolutely yep. agreed that it was a foul, uh, but he got a yellow card, and it should have been that should have been the end of it. The referee had made his decision. Uh, VAR then overruled the referee and said that it, it was serious foul play, and the referee uh, gave uh, Kamara the the instant red. Which I, I I don't like the fact that VAR is now the it's now able to overrule what the referees decided. There's no use of common sense anymore in, in refereeing that needs to change. Yeah. And well, and I think that, that maybe, maybe one part of the systematic issue with VAR that I think all, all fans of all fan bases can agree is that there needs to be maybe a systematic rethinking of the referees and, and, mm-hmm. and how the referees and, and VAR work hand in hand with each other. Uh, because th- I think that that's that's where we're getting this consistency problem is that different referees are going to make different decisions on uh, on a given day, whereas yeah. there needs to be uh, some very straightforward line of thinking, right? Uh, li- li- like like what you had said, common sense thinking here, um, and 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 how can VAR VAR kind of um, make use of uh, i guess these decisions that are being made by the referees and how how can it benefit referees can it catch something that maybe the referees missed like in the case of Maguire and Azpilicueta you know can it can it go back and say well you know you know whoever the referee is i mean look at you know go back and review this this should be reviewable for a red card yeah, but and the referees are in constant contact with the people in in the in the box so they can easily say no nope, you mm-hmm. need to stop play so, yeah, no, I agree. Hope you're okay there. Yeah, get, there you go. Get some, get some coffee there, Mags. There you go. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, this room is so so warm. Yeah, I think um, <laughs> it 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 just it needs to be used as a tool to help the referee rather than do the job of the referee for me. Right, right, exactly. That's exactly it, right? Um, even if we looked at how the NFL uses um, referees and video referee assistants, right? Um, it's 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 always as a a complimentary item, um, and not like not like the judgment. <laughs> like this is this is this is what it is, right? It's a complimentary yeah. item to go back and say, okay, look, you missed this. Let's go ahead and and and, and correct this, right? Um. Uh, so yeah, I mean, whether or not that would have helped uh, in Liverpool's favor, I mean, I, I honestly don't know. Um, y- you said it was a foul. I disagree. Um, but, but but we but we move we move on. As you had mentioned earlier, the results of this weekend have fallen Liverpool's way. They are be- they're in, in, tied for first. Essentially, they are tied for first. Um, <laughs> yeah. Only separated by a goal difference with Everton. Um, so that's fun. Right, um, we'll we'll see we'll see if this continues going forward into next week uh, and and what those results will bring. Um, 
Let's talk about Real Madrid and Barcelona, El mm. Clasico. Uh, yes. One of, uh, one of the few occasions in which I pay attention to La Liga. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but this, this is probably one of, if not the most important derby game uh, in, in in football, a lot uh, mm-hmm. many people will argue. Uh, n- n- rarely will you ever have two sides that hate each other as much as as these. Um, but the this game was a uh, um, it was a bit more. I don't. I, I I feel like calling it pedestrian is is wrong. But it was friendly. It was a friendlier game. I think that they knew yeah. that there was there was a. Uh, uh, maybe more important things going on in the world than what's going on within the egos of Real Madrid and Barcelona. Yeah, it, it was certainly, the passion was still there, but uh, I think you're right in the fact that it wasn't a dirty game. And we right. do tend to see uh, uh, a lot of fouls in, in El Clasicos, and this didn't have as, as many. I mean, we still got uh, still got a penalty, uh, uh, which Ramos... Uh, earned and took uh but yeah it was definitely uh, a more fluid kind of football based uh game than than we usually get with uh, an el clasico uh ansu fatty that kid wow he's just destroying records left right and center uh every record that's up there for a for a teenage footballer that guy is knocking it down the youngest ever player uh, to score in El Clasico, um, and it was a really well taken goal from a from across from Jordi Alba. Uh, Messi really tried his best to to give Barcelona the win. Um, Coutinho came close with a shot, but uh, once once uh, Real Madrid got the penalty and scored it, and and then uh, the sublime uh, outside of the boot finished by Modric. It was it was game over and a, a really well well uh, constructed display from Real Madrid I think that's uh, Zidane has never ever lost at Nou Camp if I remember rightly I think that now makes him uh, three wins and three draws in the six games he's, he's had as Real Madrid boss uh, so yeah a great victory for, for for Madrid and a good comeback from from being embarrassed by uh, Shakhtar in midweek I would agree. I feel like this is um, a lot of the results that have happened this week is, is maybe like midweek revenge, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, obviously, uh, as you just put, Real Madrid uh, securing this victory over Barcelona in, in a fairly convincing fashion. It, it was actually, I mean, it was a really hot start to the game, like 1-1 within about 10 minutes of the game. Yeah. Um, and, and it was like, oh, this is going to be really good stuff. This is the, this is the El Clasicos of days of old. Um, and uh, as you as you put it, Ramos secu- uh, secured that penalty, uh, but then also a brilliant masterstroke by Zinedine Zidane by by having Modric come off the bench um, to replace um, uh, Fede Valverde, um, who appeared to be possibly injured at the time. Um, mm-hmm. Barcelona looked like they they had their tails up and ready to tie up the game at two two, and then when Modric was introduced, uh, he, with a sheer moment of brilliance, Modric was able to turn the game on his head and uh, uh, secure the victory for Real Madrid. Yeah, and and it was uh, a stark contrast to uh, to the the substitutions that that Barcelona made with uh, Dembele and Antoine Griezmann coming on, and and they did. Nothing really of note. Where uh, Modric, who's who's not one of the the most expensive players in the world, and is uh is uh, well in the twilight of his career, came on and and produced that that piece of magic in the box. 
Well, and and that brings up a wonderful question here. I I, I question the tactics of Ronald Koeman in that he mm-hmm. brought on Griezmann so late. Like I think his first change was like eighty first or eighty second minute. Right. It's like you know that you're behind at this point. You know that you need to at least get one goal to secure some points. Why are you waiting this long to put on Griezmann? Right. Uh, uh, exactly. Or, or Dembele. Or, or Dembele. make any changes at all because it was clear that, that Real Madrid were in the ascendancy and they had the game uh, almost tied up. Uh, Barcelona definitely needed something, uh, someone fresh uh, on the pitch with some fresh ideas and some definitely some fresh legs. And yeah, it was weird that he left, left it with pretty much five to ten minutes of the game to make them make them changes it yeah it just didn't make sense it was really poor management from from Koeman and I don't understand the reasoning by it and and I really don't I don't want to beat a dead horse but you can tell you could tell with Messi that he just cut a very dejected figure mm-hmm. on the pitch at the end of the game. He, I mean, this could very well be his last El Clasico at Camp Nou. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. with all the rumors that we had this summer, could he possibly still be considering leaving next summer? Um, and, uh, I mean, this certainly, um, this certainly was not the Lionel Messi of old, who was all you know smiles and and wanting to 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 win this game. Um, I mean, I'm I'm sure he absolutely wanted to win the game, but I mean, you could tell you could tell within ten minutes of the game being over that he he was struggling to gather mm-hmm. the spirit uh, to 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 take the team to the next level. Yeah, and, and the thing is, I mean, I, at the beginning of, of this season, I gave Messi a lot of grief. I felt that he he was using a uh, using this transfer as a power play, but I have to give him his props. He has tried to kind of like uh, push Barcelona to to results in in a lot of games. This one probably not as much. He he did feel like he was uh, nowhere near his best, but he's putting in the effort, and it just does seem like. Uh, it's not a two-way street with this relationship with Barcelona. Uh, you can you can surmise that promises were made for him to stay uh, this season that that uh, that they would they would support him. And we also heard the rumours that uh, Koeman said he had to be more of a squad player. Uh, and I feel that he has been. I feel that he has he defensively. He's been doing really, really well, uh, which is something we don't normally see from from Messi. Yeah. Uh, and attack-wise, he's, he's been the only latter in a lot of the games. Uh, and it just seems that it's a one-way street. And come the, be- the end of next season, the beginning of the season after, I may be in the camp of Messi wanting to leave and, and kind of... Uh, backing him on that because I, I as as much as it's fair to give him grief over this situation you've got to you've got to support him when he's the only one really looking like the, the train well and 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 here's my thing too right because we talked about this all summer long you and I right about you know is Messi going to leave to Manchester City is Messi going to do this and then he turns around and says I can't leave I have this love for Barcelona. My family loves Barcelona. I would never want to betray the club. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Ronald Koeman tells him that he has to start playing more like a team player. He has to be a, be this captain. He has to be this this person, this uh, uh, the, this god-like figure uh, within Barcelona. Um, and he, 
Coleman starts playing Messi in this number 10 position here in this system that, that, that he's got going on. And it's almost like this is the best Messi that we've seen tactically speaking that this is this is where Messi needs to be is just right behind a, a, a main striker like a yeah. like a Griezmann if he's actually starting a game right mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but or a Suarez if they'd have kept hold of him or a Suarez if they had kept him um but but that's the exact thing is that he's like they they helped Messi. They 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 didn't help Messi, but like Coman is playing Messi right where Messi needs to be playing, and Messi's fulfilling his end of the bargain here. That's but exactly. But every step of the way, Barcelona is just shooting themselves in the foot, and Messi's left there, like with shrugging his shoulders, being like, "What happened? Why? What are you doing? Yeah. Um, you know, where's where is the support? Um, Coutinho, for for all of his credit, he tried. Fadi, he's he's scored a goal. He's an amazing talent, but Barcelona looks toothless. Where they should have brought on somebody like Griezmann to to try and get something out of this game. Yeah, I agree. I think the relationship between uh, Messi and Barcelona is is very one-sided. Uh, Messi has seemed to be giving and giving and giving and getting nothing back from Barcelona, and you and you can totally understand his frustration and if. He's so dejected when he's coming off the pitch and you can see why as well because he's putting in all this effort and getting nothing back. Yes, indeed. Uh, that That is definitely uh, our, our feelings and thoughts on El Clasico. I think you and I are on the same, same wavelength. Uh, but uh, speaking of so much effort, uh, we go to the Eredivisie. Eredivisie? Mm. Did I say that er- right? Er- Eredivisie? Iridavisi? Okay. We go to Holland. We, we go to Holland. Thank you, Mags. Uh, we're going we're gonna to take a little trip down to Amsterdam. Uh, Ajax, Ajax uh, who had played Liverpool midweek, scored zero goals. In fact, scored an own goal. Um, they, they came back with a vengeance this weekend. <laughs> a vengeance yeah. rarely seen in world football. <laughs> I think... I think Jurgen Klopp should... Uh, write a very heartfelt apology <laughs> to Benlaw because you you earned them an absolute whooping. They they took the brunt of Liverpool uh coming away from the from the uh Ajax Arena with the three points. Uh yeah. I've never I mean you I didn't even know about this result and you you uh, DM men I thought is he talking about <laughs> They've scored 12 goals all season. And no, I, I go onto the BB Sport website and they're actually 13 nil up. And I'm like, is, are these playing American football? <laughs> yeah, wow. It's, it's, what what an absolute performance. Ajax wins 13 nil. Um, 13 nil. That's, I think it's their second highest result ever and the, the biggest win in era divisor history by three goals i think i think the next one is 10 nil it, it's it's uh, impressive it's it's uh, triore scored five goals uh eklund camp scored twice uh Tadic scored uh, uh anthony scored uh dali blind scored uh huntelar scored twice martinez scored as well 13 goals mags and, um, and uh, Traoro, who's 19, 
19 years old. Yeah. You, you said he scored five goals. He also got five. three assists. Yeah. Three assists and five goals at 19 year old. What an absolute beast that kid's going to be. And he's 19 years old. Yeah. Uh, Madness. This is one of the beautiful things that I, I really uh, have a, a, a love of IX for is just the brilliance that they have to, to put in these young kids, make them learn the proper techniques of football very early on, and then and then they become monsters, right? They, they yeah. become absolute beasts. And uh, <laughs> they certainly displayed this yesterday, um, 13-0. Um, should should their Champions League group be afraid of this mags? This is quite the display of, of uh, as, as maybe a Pantera, uh, you know, reference here. This is quite the vulgar display of power. It's it's scary. I think they've got Atalanta next in the Champions League. Uh, yeah, they're gonna whoop Atalanta, aren't they? They're gonna absolutely <laughs> whoop Atalanta. Uh, just going through some of the stats, and it's. They're ridiculous, ridiculous stats. Venlo mm. uh, <laughs> had three shots. Uh, Ajax had 45. 45 shots. That's a shot every two minutes. They had a <laughs> shot every two minutes. Venlo uh, <laughs> had none on target. Ajax had 23, 23, 20, 23, 23 shots, on shots on target. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's, it's obscene. It's absolutely obscene. I think you you wouldn't score thirteen goals over a four leg game. Never mind in ninety minutes. It's and, and I think you summed it up best when you said it's a FIFA result. This is when yeah. you put you put the skill level on FIFA down to amateur and you absolutely demolished the the the, the computer and yeah, it's it's it doesn't look real. It doesn't look I mean look I'm looking now at the result and all yeah, the but- names, it doesn't look real. Yeah, so um, th- I want to add to your stats sheet because this this is this impresses me uh, particularly. Seventy six percent possession. That means for three quarters of the game, you watched one side have the ball. That's that's ridiculous. Um, Six hundred sixteen passes uh, to uh, uh, one hundred and ninety nine passes. So triple the amount of passes scored. Eighty eight percent pass accuracy to fifty nine percent pass accuracy. This is a this is a mauling. They even had fewer fouls, Mags. They even had fewer fouls. <laughs> and what actually cements just how good of a performance this was is that when uh, Christian Coombe got sent off on 51 minutes, they were only 4-0 up. So in the last 39 minutes, they got nine goals. That's a goal every four and a bit minutes. That's literally a score a goal. Kick off, get the ball back, run it downfield, and score another goal. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh goodness! Um, I, I think that that sums up this weekend fairly well. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, definitely ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Mags, are there any fixtures that you're looking to for uh, looking forward to um, next? Because I, I think we've got another round of fixtures coming up this week. Of course, um, last I checked, we, we don't we don't have more. We, we we do have more football. Uh, well, we've 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 got more European football this week, this midweek. So that's going to be fun. But uh, the game that I'm looking forward to is uh, is uh, Burnley putting uh, Tottenham to the sword. We're going to take Tottenham out to the woodshed and and give them the the spanking they deserve. <laughs> on the on the form that we're in, I don't I think we're unbeatable. To be fair, I don't think we'll see much from Son or Kane. <laughs> 
I, I, that that may be the most optimistic a Burnley fans ever been in the history of football. You were completely dismissive of Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> you acted like they weren't even there. Um, no, I I mean I really do think that if if Gareth Bale starts for Tottenham, that you've got a fighting chance. It seems because that's basically what caused the collapse uh, with a uh, with West Ham. Either uh, that, or he just he has the ball on the string and just runs Burnley absolutely ragged, and we get we get uh, an Ajax style whooping. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let me see here. I'm kind of going through the, the midweek fixtures. We do have Juventus versus Barcelona on Wednesday, and that's going to be quite tasty. Messi, Ronaldo on the field one more time. Let's get in, lads. Let's get a, let's get some good goals going here. This looks like it's going to be a spicy affair. Um, so I'm looking forward to that on Wednesday. Um, Tuesday, Liverpool plays as well. Michelin. Um, so good stuff you know we'll we'll be we'll be riding high into that and then uh yeah we'll, we'll have some more premier league stuff when we uh, uh when we join you guys on wednesday as well um mags uh or i guess it'll be thursday by the time you guys see the the next episode um but it's um, technically be thursday when i record as well because it is early early morning thursday yeah which which we really i i, I thank you constantly like I, I i have never ending praise for mags uh and his devotion to to waking up to do this show uh in, in the middle of the night <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. I, I love doing this show. It's great fun. The, the the bottle of proper twelve behind you speaks volumes about. <laughs> it's not even opened. I got that at, at Christmas, and it's not even opened. Ooh, you're you're saving yeah. it. Saving so it for it's, prop, it's proper thirteen now. <laughs> saving it for a, a proper moment, um, if you Correct. will. <laughs> a, a, uh, a Tottenham getting what moment? Maybe. I can only imagine. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Mags, uh, we, we missed out on top bins and player of the week last episode. Um, Did? so, so let, let's make up for this episode and, and give the people what they want. Top bins and player of the week. Um, I feel as though it's pretty obvious for player of the week myself. Uh, but, uh, but, but, but I'll, I'll let you go first. Um, yeah, I think we're probably both going to be saying it's, uh, Patrick Bamford. Oh wow! Okay, wow! Oh, you're oh. gonna say Diogo Jota, aren't you? No, I was gonna say Traore from Ajax. All oh, right, yeah, no, it's, it's that's a farmers league. <laughs> well, yes, uh, go go on then. The Mags go uh, Bamford. Yes, I I I was surprised, but I can certainly see your point. Go on. Yeah, I think um, he had a, an excellent second half. He he, he leads survived like an onslaught from from Villa. Uh, to then come back and, and absolutely destroy him in the second half. And all three goals from Patrick Bamford scored two two great goals. Uh, the second and third one were absolutely sublime. Uh, and just to telegraph that, I'm going to have his second goal as my uh, top bins as well because the way he took that shot, uh, dipped it uh, and curled it under the bar, yeah, I can't fault him. So he's going he's gonna to set a precedent and be the first ever... Uh, especially on my side of, of the team, uh, first ever top bins and the player of the show double winner. Well, there you go. Um, I, I picked Triori from 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 Ix. I mean, Mags can say what he wants about it being a farmers league. You score five goals and assist three. 
that's mm-hmm. that's mind-boggling to me. Like, it is. I, I, I should have actually, uh, I should have actually had him. To be fair, and... I mean, it's just a show. It's just a game that we play. <laughs> but, but I mean, uh, yeah, I I would imagine that he's going to have a uh, a pick of the litter as far as Premier League representatives visiting Ajax here, uh, in and and scouting him in the coming weeks and months leading up to uh, uh, the next transfer window, perhaps. Um, as as far as goal, uh, yeah, I'm actually going to also go with Patrick Bamford. Uh, and I'm, I'm actually going to go with his third goal because he yeah. dribbled oh. through the defense and made them look like complete amateurs. Aston yeah. Villa, who looked so good early on, um, were, were made to look like just pedestrians. Uh, mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I was surprised at how angry Villa got uh, in this game. I thought that they would maybe do a better job of keeping their cool, like they've maybe been there before. Um, but they... Um, I don't know. They, 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 when, when things didn't turn their way, they, they soured very quickly. And Bamford seemingly just took full advantage of that. And that third goal is completely representative of that to me. He made them look silly uh, with his dribbling skills and putting the, the, the goal uh, in the back of the net. Yeah, and, and the, the amount of space he had for that third goal as well to, to get uh, that much curl on it was, yeah, it was a, it was a great, great goal. Uh, I, I think Tom Kearney scored another good goal as well, though, for Fulham, that uh, uh, one that I'm surprised. I thought that that would be the goal that you went for with it being a, a 30 yard screamer. <laughs> yeah, uh, you being the, the basic bitch that you are, I thought you would have taken that screamer, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I can't fault, I can't fault Bamford's third goal. And and this is coming from a guy who many people criticized at the beginning of the season and said, this guy is not a goal scorer. Why is Bielsa putting him in the team? And he's proving everybody wrong. So that's, that's yeah, fantastic. I, I mean, it's, it's his, what, fourth, maybe fifth stab at the Premier League. Uh, and he's, he's always kind of flattered to deceive and never just reached enough quality to, to say he's a, a good Premier League player, but he's certainly proven it this season. Maybe it's just a case of he needed the right system uh, for him to to thrive under, and, and it's certainly working now for him. Mm, indeed, indeed. Um, Mags, I think that's that's good enough from both of us here. Um, you got anything else to tell the nice people before we head on out? No, I think we've uh, we've done well to cover it and, and get the time down as well, which is uh, which is something that we've been aiming to do, uh, but. Um, yeah, it's uh, been a, an interesting week uh, for football, and it's certainly going to be another interesting one next week. So I'll definitely tune in uh, on Thursday for for our midweek roundup show. Indeed, more more Champions League coverage. I'm I'm very excited for it. Um, Mags, where can the people find your content? More okay. more of your content. You're already here, but more of your content. You can find me on Twitter at. EPW show where I am the gold standard of uh, of wrestling content. Wow, impressive! Shout out EPW show, by the way. <laughs> Not that Conrad will ever watch this with it being English English style football. But yeah, you can find me at DJ Kerber. I'm usually in an argument or a debate with someone. Come join in, defend me. I need it. <laughs> I I was actually listening to, to to five rounds last night after you had posted the episode. It was one of the first things that came up on my my podcast feed. Oh, Carlos and, uh, likes a rant, doesn't he? 
<laughs> it was a wonderful episode, I thought. You guys covered it brilliantly. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, you absolutely. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Josh Robinson double zero, uh, where I will be doing a Twitch stream Definitely about... Definitely don't follow that salty bitch. <laughs> Where I will be doing a Twitch stream about Hell in a Cell to, tonight. <laughs> to two people. <laughs> Me and Giddy. No. Um, <laughs> Props uh, to Giddy. Follow Giddy Robinson double zero. Follow Giddy Robinson double zero. Best cat account on all of Twitter. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously. You can find me on Twitter at TexasGentleman underscore. Uh, obviously, uh, make sure to uh, hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to, to this podcast, be it on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, or anywhere else for that matter. And if you're watching us on YouTube, you, you already see it. Like, it's right there, literally in front of your yeah, face. So yeah, give one of them... Yeah, sub down there, right down there. It, it, it look, okay. Now hit that button. Down. Subs- subscribe, and then and then right next to that button, there's there's a button that looks like this, like 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 this. Hit hit this button. All right, good deal. All right, not one that last one. Thing. Definitely not that one. Not that one. That one. Only if you're ever if you're an Everton fan, you can hit this button. That's fine. I I understand. Everton fans don't have thumbs off, so they won't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and, <laughs> wow, we've we've lost fifty percent of our audience. <laughs> and then uh, hit hit that bell as well uh, for all notifications. Not just for Radio Techers. Obviously, with Radio Techers, you would get every notification for when we drop a show. So make sure to do that, guys. Um, but also. When you're subbing to Shooting the Sports Ish, you're not only getting us, but you're getting uh, other great uh, content from other uh, sports, um, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, um, whatever it may be. You're getting a lot of uh, uh, betting news and coverage as well. So make sure. Takes on Stakes is brilliant. I love watching Takes on Stakes. Yeah, Takes on Stakes is awesome. Um, I, I just did, um, I just got done editing a uh, college football show earlier this week for Cam and JB. That, that, that is a lot of fun, too. I do enjoy some college football, especially when uh, the Texas Longhorns beat Baylor. Um, so. Fuck Baylor. <laughs> no, but, but we, we have got a diverse group of uh, content mm. creators covering a plethora of, uh, of great sports. Uh, mm. So there's this literally something for everyone. A little, little bit of something for everybody. And uh, the great thing is, after all of this uh, you know, spiel, we're still underneath an hour. <laughs> so, so, wow. Yeah. I can carry on. I can waffle <laughs> a little bit more if you'd like. <laughs> uh, but yes, guys, thank you for, for, uh, for tuning in. Again, make sure to like, share, subscribe. Tell your friends about Radio Techers and put in some comments below. We want to talk to you. You know, yeah, this is your show. Tell us what you want to hear. Give us your feedback yeah. and tell us what you thought of the, the results. And you may even get a cheeky little mention on the show. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then fo- follow us on Twitter at Radio Techers. You can come talk with us there as well. It's probably the best place to come and talk to us is on Twitter at Radio Techers. You can see the spelling up there below. R-A-D-I-O-T-E-K-K-E-R-S. I am, of course, the Texas gentleman Tanner Pruitt here, and as always with me, the hardest working man in all of podcasting, my good friend and yours, So Mags. not true. <laughs> yeah. Thank you all. Uh, yeah, it's, it's big great fun. I love it. It's always a pleasure. Y'all take care. Be safe out there, and enjoy the rest bye, of your day. Bye. 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 Bye.